Faith for Today with Colin Urquhart and Julia Fisher. We're taking a close look at the moment, Colin, at the seven churches mentioned in the book of Revelation to see in particular what they have to say to us today. We started on Friday with the church in Thyatira, and that's where we're going to pick up today, chapter two of Revelation. Yes, these are, of course, letters written by the Spirit, written by God himself. In other words, they're prophetic words of what God is saying to these churches. And so uh, we consider all the whole of the um, <clears throat> New Testament as Scripture. But um, most of the other letters are Paul or Peter or James, uh, John writing to the churches. But here is something directly from God himself. And um, we've seen that in that what uh, the Spirit does, first of all, is to encourage. So he says to the church in Thyatira, I know your deeds, your love and faith, your service and perseverance, and that you are now doing more than you did at first. So here is a church that hadn't lost its first love, but was going on and going on developing its ministry, which is, of course, what God intends. And then having congratulated them, uh, the Lord speaks into the situation, highlighting those things that displease him and that are counterproductive uh, to being the witness that he calls his church to be. So he says to the church in Thyatira, Nevertheless, I have this against you. You tolerate that woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophetess. By her teaching, she misleads my servants into sexual immorality and the eating of food sacrificed to idols. I have given her time to repent of her immorality, but she is unwilling. So I will cast her on a bed of suffering, and I will make those who commit adultery with her uh, suffer intensely, unless they repent of their ways. Um, let's, let's just pause at that point. One, one of the things that amazes me about these letters is how there is such great encouragement from God, and yet, at the same time, a really intolerant attitude towards sin in his church. Now, I was making the point last week when we began to look at these letters that it's very noticeable when Jesus uh, is preaching the gospel of the kingdom to those outside the number of his disciples that he doesn't, he doesn't really condemn people for their sin. Remember, Jesus said, I haven't come to condemn, but to save. And, and as a result, he had the sexually immoral and the, uh, uh, and, and the other um, crooks, if you like, swindlers in his congregation. The Pharisees judged these people, but Jesus didn't. Now, of course, it doesn't mean that he condoned any of their sin. He didn't condone prostitution or the um, kind of duplicity that existed in the tax collectors or anything like that. Um, but he was reaching out to them with the life, the salvation of God. And I believe we as the church today should not alienate 
sinners by giving them the sense that we judge them. We all know that everybody is going to come before the judgment seat of Christ. Uh, but we should be preaching the positive good news of the kingdom, of what God wants to do, what God wants to offer, what God desires to give to people. We should be making people hungry for God, not not thinking that we judge them and make them feel condemned. I, I, I feel very strongly about this. But when it comes to sin within the church, God is totally uncompromising. Uh, he says the sexually immoral will not inherit the kingdom of God, um, and uh, nor will the swindlers and the cheats and so on, the liars. Um, so uh, we've got to understand that for God, he's reaching out into the world with the gospel of the kingdom, with his mercy, with um, his desire to bring people out of darkness into light. But once they know him, once they have received the Spirit, then God does expect of people a completely different way of life, a different standard of life. And of course, that is what he has made possible, first by dealing with all the negatives that can afflict us on the cross, and secondly by coming to live within us by the power of his Spirit. So he addresses any immorality that there is in these churches, and here this spirit of Jezebel, uh, a woman who is obviously calling herself a prophetess, but at the same time condones or even encourages immorality. Now you hear a lot of talk around the churches about the Jezebel spirit. And there can be a seductive spirit at work, even among church-going people. And this is the very thing that that the Lord is nailing in, in this letter, uh, that this Jezebel spirit leads people into sexual immorality. It breaks down uh, that desire uh, to live in the holiness that will honor God. Uh, it's the kind of attitude, well, you know, you have your life, it's your life, live it to the full, do what you want. Uh, and of course, if you go against the will of God, well, he will always forgive you. He's the God of love, the God of mercy, the God of grace. And so uh, in several of these letters, um, the Lord is addressing this very liberal attitude towards morality. Now, of course, nothing could be more appropriate than this today because we live uh, in a day when the churches generally, the many of the denominations, have a very liberal view about sexual activity within the church. Now, what I've said about reaching out to the world, not with judgment and condemnation, but with mercy, uh, with the grace and the, and the good news of the gospel that God wants to give people a kingdom, that's fine. But inside the church, there needs to be this recognition that God has called us to be a holy people, a people set apart for himself, a people that are living in righteousness and integrity, a people that are revealing the nature of the God that we serve and that we love. Because we can't speak one thing and live another. That is hypocrisy. And so really God is getting right to the heart of this hypocrisy. Now, what he is saying about this church at Tharatara is you tolerate this woman. 
In other words, you do not correct her. You do not correct the immorality that is going on. And this is where, uh, sadly, many pastors and church leaders uh, really err and, and err seriously because they know that there's immorality within the church, but they're too weak to confront it and to deal with it and to say this must not be. It is dishonoring to God. So this is a real wake-up call, if you like, to the church today. Clean up your act because an unholy church cannot affect an unholy world, but a holy church can be leavened for good in the whole lump of the world. Interesting that it says in this letter, I have given her time to repent of her immorality, but she is unwilling. So there was a determination. This spirit of Jezebel is a determined spirit. It will not relent or repent. Absolutely. But you see, God is also saying that they are inviting judgment to come upon themselves. I mean, th this is God speaking when he says, so I will cast her on a bed of suffering. And I will make those who commit adultery with her suffer intensely unless they repent of her ways. And then he says, I will strike her children dead. Then all the churches will know that I am he who searches hearts and minds, and I will repay each of you according to your deeds. Now, um, judgment is real. When we transgress God's will and purposes, we invite judgment upon ourselves. And um, we need to take seriously that last statement that I read because it's something that is repeated in a number of different ways by Jesus. I will repay each of you according to your deeds. Jesus makes clear that on the day of judgment, everyone will be rewarded according to what he has done, for good or bad. But the key a phrase here for us to take hold of is unless they repent of their ways. Once there is repentance, then, I mean, true repentance, that is a turning away from sin, not just asking God to forgive the sin, but persisting in it. That's not repentance. But a turning away from the sin, then God forgives. And um, what he has forgiven then passes beyond judgment. There will be no judgment upon what we have been forgiven for. So, uh, the good news is that God is willing to be merciful as soon as people repent of their sin inside the church as well as outside the church. So uh, he then says, Now I say to the rest of you in Tharatara, to you who do not hold to her teaching and have not learned Satan's so-called deep secrets, I will not impose any other burden on you. Only hold on to what you have until I come. And... Uh, you see, here, here is the encouragement to hold on in faith, to resist the temptation to fall into the same sin as others around you, to resist this uh, kind of heresy that existed then and, and exists in some places today, where there are people in the church that say, well, of course, I have a deep secret hidden revelation from God. God has revealed to me things that he doesn't reveal to other people. That's the kind of teaching that sucks people away from the truth of, of the gospel and into all kinds of heresy and bondage. You've been listening to Faith for Today, presented by Julia Fisher. This program is sponsored by Kingdom Faith. For further information, visit our website, kingdomfaith.com. 